0: I'm doing my own sound check. It's the exact same setup from the other day, so I feel like sound check should be just fine.
1: Oh, Oh, man. I have been trying to stay away from Reese's Peanut Butter Cups because they are my kryptonite. That's what I should have put on my
0: slide, fucking Reese's Peanut Butter Cups,
1: because I will eat them endlessly when they are around.
0: The bag of these is huge. Oh, challenge accepted. (laughs) Well, no, I'm the only one that's eaten any of them. They're literally by my bed. So, um, like our previous two episodes, before we get started, I'm going to let you know that if you stay all the way to the end, there are some special surprise hidden goodies. And I'm only going to say that a half a dozen more times, and then y'all are on your own.
1: That's all right. If you don't find the Easter eggs, we can not help you.
0: Right. We are already pointing big giant arrow Easter eggs. Right. Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Aaron Plyme
1: and Diana Seacon,
0: where we prove that we
1: know nothing about our legal system,
0: but we're still crazy for a good true crime story. I definitely pointed at myself when I said Aaron Plyme, like <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> Present. Right? So uh, Diana, I don't know if you know who I am um, or if my dog knows who I am, but I'm Aaron. That's I, me.
1: I am Diana and Oliver thinks that you are his butt rest.
0: Oliver is certain that I am just, like, his his bed. Mm. I think I'm his puppy. Could like, I, I think that I'm his dog. <laughs> <laughs> is that how that works, Oliver? He says, yes. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. I'm getting scratched and scratched. So I liked Tyler's. <laughs> Did you see on Instagram? I posted that we upgraded the the podcast. Oh,
1: thing. yeah. He was not pleased. He was not pleased.
0: <laughs> but you know what? It was a little creepy being stared at by all the old white guys. I yeah. much prefer the blood on the walls. Pretty
1: excited about the blood spatter.
0: It's it's a lot of fun. I think I might switch them though because I really like the cast off one I, yeah. better than the other one. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I might need one of those for the craft room.
0: I was trying to do um, when you like cough up blood. So you have like internal bleeding and you mm. cough it up on that one. Mm. But I was using a little spray bottle to do it because I didn't want to actually put it in my mouth as it was paint. That would
1: be weird. It would be
0: so nasty. Um and yeah, it d- spray bottles don't like paint. And Even though I thinned it way down, it didn't it didn't last very long. I got two spritzes and then it was like, no,
1: I'm done. Yeah. Still cool. Yeah. Then now I, I know like, what it
0: would look like if we had the consumption.
1: Yeah. Which to be honest, I'm not 100% sure I don't currently have.
0: Yeah, Diana is dying, you guys.
1: Maybe a little bit.
0: I was dying inside this morning when it was snowing. It's gone. It's fine. It is now gone, so we are okay again. And tomorrow it will be Florida and it will be 90 degrees.
1: Yeah, if it snows in Florida, we we have a big problem.
0: Right. It's poor Florida.
1: No, oh, man. They would all just collectively like hey, we're out. We're fucking We got to go. Like the apocalypse is upon us. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all done. So, Aaron, yeah, did
1: you learn anything this week?
0: I did learn something this week. Yay! You always go first. This is going to throw me off. All uh-huh. right. Let's see. I learned some differences between alpacas and llamas. What? <laughs> <laughs> Hence the discussion about your shirt. I
1: have an awesome shirt, you guys.
0: It is super cute. It has alpaca llamas on it.
1: Yes. A llama. Uh, alpaca llama.
0: Alpaca llama. Alpaca llama. Al-
1: That's really fun to say. Alpaca llama.
0: How about... Llama paca. Not as good. No. That's no. hard. Yeah, that's harder. So um they are they are related. Obviously, you can look at them and go, yes, they are related. And they are very similar in a lot of ways, but they're actually really different if you were to look at the two of them standing side by side. Mm -hmm. So even though people confuse them all the time, including whoever made your shirt, uh, (laughs) who was like, you know, I really like this part of a llama and this part of an alpaca. No one's going to know.
1: And once again, I ask the question, are you telling me that the shirt I bought for $30 at Torrid is not
0: anatomically (laughs) correct? I think I am. I think I am. So Basic differences, and there are so many. But size is a huge one. Alpacas grow to be about 175 pounds, um, usually well between 100 and 175. Llamas are more like two to 350, uh, sometimes as heavy as 400 pounds. So, so
1: I am more llama sized. All right,
0: twice as big as an alpaca. Um, they also have different. You were talking about their hair texture, because yep. they're both knittable but you'd but rather knit an alpaca. Alpaca is so nice. Yeah. Alpacas are naturally herd animals. Llamas are not. They're independent and they would prefer to be alone. Hmm. But they they can get along. Um they're very um they're very smart like they recognize people and have people they like and don't like and are mean to and awesome. Yeah. Um, and so because of these differences and the way that we've bred them and everything else, alpacas are, um, generally the ones kept for fiber and Mm. pets. Um, and llamas are usually used to carry heavy shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the only other, I mean, not the only other, there's 50 million things on here, but the other thing that I wanted to say was something I have. Oh, they, Both have been used as guard animals. (laughs) Diana has her face of joy on. Honey, we need to get an alpaca. A guard alpaca.
1: (laughs) And then it it can eat the grass, and it can eat the grape and Charlie, and then I can knit it.
0: Yes, and it would keep you safe.
1: And it would keep me safe because honestly, even if an alpaca wasn't like a good guard animal, I'm pretty sure the minute somebody shut up at my house and there's a fucking alpaca there, they're going
0: to be gone. Right. They're going to be like, huh. Not really right sure about this. I don't uh, know how to deal with this one. Right. I, I didn't bring anything that like I could use to... What does like, an alpaca want? I don't
1: know. What do you even bribe an alpaca with? Right.
0: What is the alpaca's currency? <laughs> <laughs> so, llamas and alpacas. I'm on a like nature kick this past couple of weeks. Awesome. So, how about you? What did you learn?
1: Well, I stupidly learned something about our criminal justice system.
0: God damn it, Diana. I
1: know. Well, so here's the thing. I I learned this because at some point I I hadn't learned it. Mm Mm-hmm. So last week we talked about the difference between burglary and robbery. Yes. So I decided to look up the difference between those two things and larceny because I've never really gotten my head around what larceny was. Okay. So here's the reason why I never got my head around what larceny was. Mm Mm-hmm. I had a friend in college that was a law enforcement major.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. The one that thought you had murdered somebody when you dyed your hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um.
1: So she was studying, like, the different things that people get arrested for, I guess. I don't fucking yeah, remember Yeah, I think that.
0: that's important if you're going to be in law enforcement. is a long time To ago. know something about the justice system.
1: Right. So she was telling me about larceny. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't understand what larceny is. Mm-hmm. And so she tried to explain it. And I don't remember exactly how she explained it. But it was something about, like, if you wander past a farmer's field and you steal shit out of the ground, like, that's just theft. But if you come back later, it's larceny. And Is it, I was does like, it do with intent? I could not, like, intent or time or, like, I could not figure it out. So, you know, this was, like, I don't know, 23 years ago. I still don't know the difference between larceny and anything else. Except I do because I looked it up. Okay, I'm ready. So here's the definition of each of the three words. Um... Uh, theft and larceny are used fairly interchangeably. Mm-hmm. So theft is the most basic of the three things between uh, larceny, robbery, and burglary. Larceny occurs anytime there is an unauthorized taking of property from another with the intent to permanently deprive that person of the property.
0: Steal and shit. Steal and shit.
1: So in most states, the common law crime of larceny has been merged into kind of just general theft. Okay. Um, but in some states, larceny can be considered its own criminally f- criminal offense occurring when the person unlawfully takes and carries away another's personal property without consent and with the intent to permanently deprive the owner.
0: So if my intent is to borrow your car. Right. It is not larceny. Right. Okay. It is not cool. It is not cool, and I feel like it still ought to be illegal, but it is just not called larceny.
1: Right. So, robbery is Mm -hmm. essentially theft accomplished through the use of force or fear. Right. So, if you set your purse down, you leave your purse in the cart at Target. I thought that
0: was burglary.
1: No, it's robbery. I cut and pasted it so I didn't have to remember anything. So, robbery. So, like, if you're at Target and you leave your purse in the cart and somebody just wanders by and takes it, that's just theft. Okay. But if you're at Target and your purse is in the cart and somebody comes up to you and is like, bitch, be giving me your purse. Right. That's robbery. Okay. Okay. Burglary um, is often equated with theft, but it doesn't actually require that a theft occur or even be intended. Burglary is just the unlawful entry into a structure with the intent to commit any a crime inside but that crime does oh, not have to be theft it doesn't
0: have to be theft
1: right so this was my favorite example um so it says a lot of burglaries involve theft but the crime intended can be anything from theft to murder to making pot brownies
0: cuz i m- <laughs> might want to break into your house to make pot brownies right so if
1: you break into my home and make pot brownies because that is technically a crime in minnesota that is burglary. I have been burgled. If I invite you into my home to make the pot brownies, no burglary, just a little bit of a drug charge.
0: So, for clarification, if I were to leave some pot brownies behind, then we're good. Well,
1: yeah, I would assume that you would. If you're using my shit to make the pot brownies, you gotta leave some <laughs>
0: behind.
1: <laughs> that's just,
0: I just that's don't, common goddamn courtesy, I don't burn. really have like baking stuff, so.
1: right? I mean, I got baking stuff. <laughs> Burgle. <laughs> I just I just got 11 pounds of butter in my freezer. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no. I split it with my parents. I have, I think, six pounds of butter in my freezer. Six pounds of butter.
0: I, that seems much more reasonable, actually. Six pounds of butter is like, okay, you overbought the butter and you're going to have butter for a while. 11 pounds of butter is like, are you going to put it in your coffee? No. Like, what's the plan?
1: So we had to split it. So I talked a few weeks ago about the relative that passed away.
0: Oh. So
1: my parents have been getting his house ready to be sold. And he was a baker. He was a um, self-employed gentleman. And apparently he would bake his customers cookies and stuff. Oh. So yeah, there were like a couple different kinds of butter. So I think he just bought it when it was on sale.
0: Right. Right. And my
1: mom called me, must have been last week. And she's like, do you need butter? I'm like, I always need butter. And she's like, do you need like 11 pounds? I'm like,
0: I, I mean, mean, I'll go through it. But. <laughs> That's a little more extreme than I was thinking. Right. So, yeah, I
1: think my sister took a couple pans, My parents took a few. I got a bunch.
0: Wow. <laughs> so, Christmas
1: baking taken care of for this year. Nice.
0: <laughs> Unless I break into your house and do it and don't leave any behind. In which case, burglary. So, it was burglary.
1: And it's also like, sad panda for Diana.
0: Right? And so totally
1: rude on my part. Well, you're going to make my house smell all all nice and full of baked stuff and then take it all with
0: you. (laughs) So actually, no, I mean, if, if I'm not baking pot brownies, if I just like make some sugar cookies, it's not burglary unless I use your butter.
1: If I haven't said it's okay for you to use my butter. If you let yourself in the house... Well, I suppose you're still uninvited, although you're kind of blanket invited.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> you all heard it. It is impossible for me to burgle. Diana's house (laughs) pretty much yeah (laughs) larceny is a possibility murder Well, but you know there's burglary not so much there's the subset of people that you're you're
1: okay if they wander into their house into the house by themselves like you are in that subset (laughs) like the guy that's badly trying to sell me the different cable company he is not in that subset oh
0: I thought you were gonna say he is also I was like wait a second (gasps) not until this is a list I didn't want to be on (laughs)
1: <laughs> until he gets better at his job, because he was real bad at it. <laughs> Did not yeah, buy that Yeah, what we
0: have sucks more, and it's only a little cheaper. Don't you want it?
1: Right. Yeah, no. No. You need to be better at your job, dude.
0: That's so funny. So I think that is slightly different than what I was saying last week, but mostly.
1: I think it's mostly correct. I think the main thing is that the robbery has some sort of threat or force behind it. Right.
0: There's people involved yeah. instead of just the person. But I didn't
1: realize burglary didn't have... To necessarily include taking stuff.
0: I didn't either. I think I've only ever. But it makes sense because most people who go into a structure that is not theirs, the crime that are there to commit is taking stuff. It's right. usually not hurting someone or making pot brownies with their 12 pounds of butter or anything <laughs> like that. Right. <laughs> also, so. I don't think butter alone is going to do it.
1: No, you need a little something to bind that together.
0: Right. Right. So. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Diana. So now I finally know larceny in an example that is not farm field based. <laughs>
0: farm, farm related. Um, I don't know. I'm just feeling like we learn stuff. And I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Well,
1: I'm pretty sure that once I take a little NyQuil later, I'll be gone again Okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in that case, perhaps you should tell me a story so we can get you closer to that NyQuil stage
1: I'm pretty excited about my NyQuil, I'm not going to lie I thought
0: you were going to say your story Oh,
1: yeah, 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 that's good too (laughs) All right, Erin, I have a question
0: (sighs) Okay, I'm ready You're a woman, right? Yes. Cool. That was an easier question than I thought. Wait. Oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So as a woman. Yes. If what have you been taught about being the victim of an assault? What is something that you should do if somebody assaults you?
0: If they assault me or to prevent myself from being assaulted?
1: If they are assaulting you.
0: Scream. Kick them in the nuts. Keep going. Um, Pepper spray. I don't have any, but that doesn't that mean you should legal here, actually. try to assault me. Pepper spray? Yeah. Mace is the one that was always whatever, whatever. Yeah. I thought pepper spray was legal everywhere.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm too old to care.
0: Elbow to the nose. Heel of your palm to the nose. And hit him in any sort of soft spots.
1: Okay. I should have been more clear. Right. Okay. <laughs> Those are all good things that you should okay. do. What is something that you can do to help the police catch your assailant?
0: Oh, bite him. Scratch him. Yes. There we go. (laughs) Really (laughs) thought that was going to come sooner. It's like pulling teeth. Right. So
1: that is something that as women we are taught to do if we are attacked to scratch our
0: assailant. Yes. Scratch or bite or pull hair.
1: Right. Something so that you have their DNA on you. Yeah. So this is because of something called Locard's Exchange Principle. Okay. Dr. Edmund Locard, who was born in 1877, was a pioneer in forensic science who became known as
0: the Sherlock Holmes of France. Oh, I want to be the Sherlock Holmes of anything.
1: (laughs) Of Plymouth? Sure. You can do that. (laughs) He formulated this basic principle of forensic science as every contact leaves a trace. Yeah. Yeah. So Paul Kirk expressed this principle as wherever he steps, whatever he touches, whatever he leaves, even unconsciously will serve as a silent witness against him. Not only his fingerprints or his footprints, but his hair, the fibers from his clothes, the glass he breaks, the tool mark he leaves, the paint he scratches, the blood or semen he deposits or collects. All of these and more bear mute witness against him. This is evidence that does not forget. It is not confused by the excitement of the moment it is not absent because human witnesses are. It is factual evidence. Physical evidence cannot be wrong. It cannot perjure itself. It cannot be wholly absence. Only human failure to find it, study, and understand it can diminish its value.
0: It sounds like the beginning of an episode of Forensic Files.
1: I know. It almost sounds like uh, the Beatitudes. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the crime Beatitudes. So Dr. Locard proved this principle, which has since really become the basis of all forensic science, by investigating a variety of crimes, including the murder of Marie Littell in 1912. Marie Littell was a popular young lady in Lyon, France in 1912, when she was found dead in her parents' parlor. Hmm. And she had been strangled to death around midnight. Because she was well-known and well-liked, and because there was no indication of forced entry— Suspicion immediately fell to her boyfriend, Emile Ger- yeah, Christ. Gerben, We might just go with Emile. A local bank clerk who was <laughs> known to be jealous. In fact, Marie liked to flirt with other men just to irritate him.
0: Well okay. Yeah. That's but- a healthy relationship right there. Oh <laughs> so so much so. But
1: when police questioned Emile, he had a solid alibi. He'd been with a big group of friends quite a distance away. They'd been drinking and playing cards, and they'd all stayed out to about one in the morning that night. Okay. And his friends were all questioned. They all said, yep, we were all together. We were all drunk. You know, we, we all left around one. We were way far away.
0: Yeah.
1: It totally backed up his story. And, you know, from all the interviews, everybody seemed to be telling the truth. There was just no, no way this could have happened. Right. But Dr. Lucard was not convinced. He examined Marie's body, and he was sure that she was strangled to death, which means that her killer had had contact with her body. Right. If, as he suspected, Emile was the murderer, then his hands would have come into contact with her neck. And Marie's neck showed evidence of having been scratched. So Dr. Locard scraped beneath Emile's fingernails and located tissue, but this was in 1912. Right. They did not have a lot of tools. There was no real way to know where that tissue came from or who that tissue came from. Right. But he examined it anyway under the microscope, and he found that among the tissue cells, there was also some kind of pink powder. Further analysis showed that it contained bismuth, which is an iridescent mineral used to make glittering powders. Mm
0: -hmm. Zinc
1: oxide, which works as a sunscreen. Magnesium Lord stearate, which is a binding agent, mm-hmm. and a sure iron oxide pigment referred to as Venetian purple. Was it makeup? Yeah, it was face powder. Nice. Yeah. So, again, this is 1912. Makeup isn't unheard of, but it wasn't common. Right. And it certainly wasn't mass produced and sold absolutely everywhere.
0: Right. But I, So, how did they determine all of those things were in there? They did analysis. Just like... I feel like that's either a ton of work or getting lucky, or because it's not like you can run it through a mass spectrometer in nineteen twelve, right. and they wouldn't have had a very big sample size.
1: Nope, but yeah, so, no, they were they were able to determine what the. I'm the finding that
0: were. the most important or impressive part of the story so and, far, and covered nowhere
1: in what I read. Right. Um, I couldn't find any like contemporary coverage. Like this was all like from forensic textbooks and and all sorts of other oh, stuff. Wow. Um. So. Makeup, pretty rare, right? You know, and and pretty individualized at that point. So lucard was given permission to search Marie's room for face powder, and they found a box. And the box that they recovered had the same composition of powder that was found nice. under his nails, right? So then lucard was able to track down the chemist that made the powder.
0: Oh, the one, the one dude, the one dude that made produced, it. Cause right,
1: his name was on the box. And that chemist said that he had, in fact, made that powder, but he only ever made that particular concoction for one woman.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Marie Littell. Oh, my
0: God. What luck. Right? So
1: when confronted with this evidence, Emile immediately confessed. And according to the confession, he said that he'd flown into a rage when Marie had refused to marry him. He said that on the night of the murder, he had been out drinking and playing cards with his buddies, and then he waited until they were all so drunk that they didn't notice that he set the clock ahead for a couple of hours.
0: Oh, my God. Thus giving
1: himself a really solid alibi. That's amazing. And he might have gotten away with it, too, if he'd just washed his hands and used a nail brush. Right. Right. He was found guilty of premeditated murder and lost to history.
0: Wow. That, okay, I there are a couple of, like, instances of brilliance here. And I know that it would no longer work to set the clocks ahead because right. everyone has 18 digital devices on right. them. Right. But that is a brilliant way to have brilliant. an It was brilliant. Oh, yeah.
1: Set up this whole big thing. So because this is Crime Cozy. Yes. I want to talk about how likely it is that you are going to be murdered by your romantic partner.
0: I feel like this isn't going to be cozy, Diana. Isn't that like a really common thing? Nope. Okay.
1: First of all, you are unlikely to be murdered at all. That's very good. Yeah. I, I prefer that yep. that way. So according to FBI statistics for 2016, altogether now... The last year for which your numbers are available.
0: <laughs> you know what? I have some 2017 numbers. <gasps> oh, somebody's getting know. ahead of
1: themselves. <laughs> um, so according to FBI statistics, current crime rates are about the same now as they were in the 1960s. Nice. There was a bit of a boom in the 80s and 90s, and crime continues to fall every single year. Yes. So first of all, it is a pretty safe time to be alive. Yeah. And an American.
0: Well, right, right. We, we are limiting this. So all of our That's overseas peeps, you've got your own stuff. Go look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we don't know. No. It's hard enough to know here.
1: <laughs> really? Good Lord.
0: In 2016,
1: the United States had 5.3 murders per 100,000 people. That means you have a 1 in 18,868 chance of being murdered this year. It's pretty good. You are more likely to be struck by lightning, which is one in twelve thousand. Hitting a hole in one as an amateur, which is one in twelve thousand five
0: hundred. You're more likely to get struck by lightning than have a good golf shot. Yes. (laughs) As an amateur. As an amateur. Well, no, but I, I bet I am significantly more likely to get. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, Having a child with eleven fingers or or toes—that's one in five hundred. Really, mm-hmm.
0: that's or- not a cozy statistic. I thought that was much more rare. No crime. Well, it's not a crime, but yeah. it's a stat.
1: It's a stat. Um, or die by just falling down. One in one hundred and nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good news for me. <laughs> so that's the good news. You are very unlikely to be murdered at all. The bad news is, if you're a woman who's murdered. There's about a 55% chance that you were murdered by a former or current romantic partner or that partner's family or friends. Yeah. In 93% of uh, the 55% of women who are murdered, the culprit was the current or former romantic partner. Mm -hmm. About a third of the time, the couple had argued right before the homicide took place. Mm -hmm. About 12% of the deaths were associated with jealousy. The majority of the victims were under the age of 40. So rock on. Probably not going to get murdered by my husband.
0: Uh, Also, as nice as your husband is, I'm going to go ahead and give you a, you're not going to get murdered by your husband.
1: It's funny because when I was telling him about this last night, I'm like, hey, thanks for not murdering me. And he just rolled his eyes at me. (laughs) (laughs) He's
0: like, I don't even need to know. I just, just... whatever.
1: (laughs) She says things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 15% of those women murdered were pregnant. And about 54% of those murders were committed with with guns. Black women are the most likely to die by homicide of any kind at 4.4 deaths per 100,000, followed by uh, Native women, Hispanic women, finally white women and Asian women. Data from earlier reports suggest that a far smaller percentage of men, around 5 to 7 percent, are killed by intimate partners.
0: Is that just because most of the people committing murders, period, are men?
1: Probably, yeah. Yeah, women just aren't aren't as murdery.
0: We're not quite as stabby. No. We stab in emotional ways. That's right. You do a lot more damage that way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, by contrast, only
1: 16% of all female homicides are committed by a complete stranger, which is fewer than committed by acquaintances and slightly more than parents. It is almost as likely that your own parents will kill you that a stranger will kill you.
0: I, wow.
1: Yeah. So while you are unlikely to be killed by anyone at all, it is very likely that if you are murdered, you know the person that's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And if that is the case, if you think you were with somebody who might at some point try to kill you, there is help available. Yes. If you are a victim of domestic violence, please, please, please reach out and try to remove yourself from that situation. There are resources. Your first point of contact can be the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which is 1-800-799-7233. Help is available in multiple languages and through multiple platforms. When you go to their website, there is a pop-up that says, if you are worried about your internet browser history being searched, here's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is a 24-7, 365 hotline that can both help and connect you with resources to get out of your situation. You don't have to live this way. And help is available. And if you're too afraid to reach out to the hotline or to your local resources, reach out to us. Yeah, We will help you and we will make the call for you or with you or whatever you need.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually have a friend and I will not give any information because I don't want to put her in danger, but where I used to live. And we had that conversation with her all the time. Yep.
1: Yep. So we always end the show by saying don't end up on next week's episode. And that's mostly like we don't want you to learn anything and go commit crimes. Right. We really don't want you to be a victim.
0: No, absolutely not. Well, and I, I think, yeah, that. <laughs> I know there's a lot more that goes into leaving an abusive relationship than just getting safely out the door. Right. But there's support for that, too. Yep.
1: there There is. Yeah. There is support out there for you. Um, again, if you are afraid to reach out, if you're afraid that your Internet browser history is being searched, if you're afraid that your phone numbers are being searched. Yeah. Send us an Instagram message. Send us a direct tweet. Right. We will help you. Right. We will find resources.
0: Absolutely. Well, but I do feel pretty good about not getting murdered.
1: Feel a lot better about not getting murdered. Also, not be getting murdered by a stranger. Yeah. Again, not worried about my husband.
0: No, I'm <laughs> really not worried about my husband either. But um, it's funny that you say that because my story is about. Getting murdered by strangers. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very
1: unlikely to happen. (laughs) Right.
0: But my research is gonna sound an awful lot like yours. We
1: use good (laughs) sources. All
0: right. So I was telling Diana earlier that my story has got a lot of names in it with some complicated relationships. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with our victim and then I'm gonna tell you about these people that she knows. (laughs) And we're gonna try (laughs) to keep them straight. All right. So my victim is Suzanne Jane Capper, who was born in 1976 in Manchester, England. And Suzanne um, was, I don't think she started out as a bad girl. Um, I think that she had some troubles. There were some issues in her family early on that messed her up a little bit, but that she may have been the kind of person that, could turn it around and, mm-hmm. and be a good human being and a good adult. Um, unfortunately, some of the people that she ended up knowing made that impossible for her. Mm. So um, she was described as a, like, a very kind and gentle girl, but also maybe a little bit gullible where people could push her around or influence her, make her do things that she didn't want to do or knew weren't right. Mm-hmm. When she was a young teenager, she started babysitting for Jean Powell and, um, boy then Jean or
1: girl Jean? Girl Jean. Okay.
0: Yeah. And, um, and, and took care of her and I guess got to know her family a little bit babysitting for her. And it sounds like she babysat for Jean at her house, at Jean's house.
1: Okay. Um, that's usually how that goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, so, when we were little, we did it both ways. Like, sometimes we had a babysitter come to our house. Sometimes we went, like, if the other family also had kids, we'd go over there uh, and stay with them. Okay. So, I think I think it could go either way. I don't, I don't know.
1: know. It, like, my grandparents lived so close that when we had a babysitter, the babysitter just came to our house. Right. Otherwise, I'd go to my grandparents.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so, in 1990, the, this is sort of when... Uh, cappers life got turned a little upside down for at least a little while her parents split up and her older sister michelle went to stay with their stepfather i'm sorry it's not her parents that split up it's her mother and her stepfather so her her parents but yeah so michelle went to go stay with the stepfather but for whatever reason suzanne did not and she actually ended up in essentially foster care for a little while which was rough. Seems
1: like with all of those parents, somebody could have right. There it together. are lots
0: of people. Yeah, I'm not sure. It. D- I don't have any other details on what happened. It's not really all that important to the story. But that's definitely where things started to go downhill for her. Yeah, she started missing a lot of school. Yeah. By the time that she was in the final couple years of her high school, they describe it as her attendance was erratic like she just came sometimes um for a while she would so she started spending a whole lot of time at Jean powell's house and then eventually moved in and lived there for a while Hmm. and this was all in her in her teenage years so she you know not an adult yet so in august of 1992 so two years after her mom and stepdad separated she Kapper decided she needed to move out of Powell's house, and so mm-hmm. she did, because she didn't like what Powell was doing. She also was really upset by some of the people that Powell was hanging out with, namely Bernadette McNeely, who lived like two or three doors down. McNeely also had three children, and eventually ended up moving in with Powell with all of the children, so now there were six children. So
1: many children. And that's, so many children. And that's when... <laughs> Our heroine's like no no no. Three yeah. was three was more than three enough. Three was the <laughs> limit. Yeah, she
0: actually was gone before they moved in together, but never good, really good all the way gone. So, it doesn't much matter um except for the weirdness factor, but McNeely and Powell, so the two women with three kids each, had to share a bed together in the dining room downstairs because all the bedrooms were taken up with children. Yeah. So, so they must have been relatively close, which is interesting because here are the other people involved <laughs> in this situation. So Powell was separated from her husband, whose name was Glenn. But they were friendly and he would often come over. Okay. okay. No indication of whether or not they were still sleeping together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, McNeely's... That was somebody else in the
1: bed. Yeah.
0: Well... I, I mean, you do you, I guess. McNeely's boyfriend... Now, she has three children. Her boyfriend is 16-year-old Anthony Dudson.
1: Whoa. Who was
0: also having sex with Powell. So Powell also had a sexual partner, Jeffrey Lee, who usually came to her house to buy amphetamines.
1: Sweet. Jesus.
0: And then Powell had a younger brother, Clifford Pook. Oh, no. Who was not, as far as I can tell, having sex with anybody, but frequently came by the house. Okay. So it's important to know all of these characters, but we don't need to really tell them apart. Just pretty much, here's a handful of people ranging from 16 to however older these other women are. Everyone's fucking everyone. Except the brother. Except maybe the brother. (laughs) Poor Capper is caught up in all of this because she really has no other place to go. And she continues to come by the house, even though... Everyone there bullied her and was mean to her, and she didn't Ooh. feel comfortable, but she still was there all the time. Um, and her her own sister, so Michelle Kapper, um, said that it wasn't that she was scared of all of the people in the house. It was that they could get her to do anything, and she would just do it. If they said, oh, get up and, and cook dinner, she would just do it. And so mm. she was just being like Taking really used of. yeah, by all of these people. And there was all this crime going on.
1: <laughs> so much crime.
0: So much crime. So, some things happened in this whole arrangement, and some of them are, none of them are surprising. (laughs) One of the things that happened is that Gene Powell was under the impression, or came up with the lie, or perhaps it really happened, that Capper was trying to persuade her to sleep with a man for money. So, in my mind, that was sort of a conversation taken out of context, like... (laughs) Like when right. you're like, I guess I have to sell my body to buy my child's Legos.
1: Right, which is a phrase I have actually used in the last six hours. It's No, it's true. But, <laughs> but I don't think I'm actually going to have to resort to sex work to,
0: well, to do that. And if I were to say, you know what, Diana, you probably could make some good money that way. Like that would probably be the end of the conversation.
1: I mean, I would thank you for the compliment because I don't think I could make good money that way. <laughs> <but> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you certainly wouldn't go the route that Gene Powell went. Probably, probably not. But that wasn't the only problem. McNeely and Dudson. So McNeely is the other mom. Okay. And Dudson is the boy 16-year-old old boy. Yes. And um, they came down with pubic lice. Yo. Yeah, so McNeely told Dudson that she thought he had gotten them from Capper, not because she thought Dudson and Capper, who were the same age, so it would have been appropriate, had been sleeping together, but because Capper had like slept in a bed, and then they had slept in the bed, and she was like, I think we caught them from her because she's dirty, blah, blah, blah.
1: Not sure that's how that works.
0: Fairly certain you'd have to be majorly infested and also doing weird things in your sleep. So... I don't think they really believed that was the case, but they they used her. So the other thing that happened is um, that McNeely thought that Capper may have stolen a pink duffel coat that belonged to her. Oh my. So coat goes missing. This bitch gave me pubic lice, wants my friend to sell her body and stole my coat. I think she was just always there like... Scape their scapegoat goat, yeah and their servant and they're, you know they just Aww. she was a convenient person to just pin everything on when it was really their messed up lives right. that were causing all these issues so these are pretty petty little things I mean Dudson I did I don't know the crabs are <laughs> well I was gonna say he did have to <laughs> shave his pubic hair yeah which apparently upset him a lot I th-
1: I regrowth's a bitch
0: I think that's fair however um, they went a little overboard in their retaliation on December 7th 1992 they asked Capper to come over to Jean Powell's home which was not unusual Mm. Glenn Powell so ex-husband and Dudson boyfriend were waiting as soon as she walked through the door they grabbed her they held her down Glenn Powell shaved her head and her eyebrows then they forced her to clean up all of the hair you. Then he put a plastic bag over her head Ooh. and walked around her, hitting her on the head. Then she fell to the floor, and Gene Powell and McNeely took turns just kicking her on the floor. Uh. Um, for a while, they all took turns beating her with, they had a a three-foot-long something, like a yardstick or some sort of Ooh. pole that they were beating her with.
1: Or um, a tan cane?
0: Maybe. <laughs> uh, also a belt. So pretty much just anything they had around, they hit her with. Uh, at some point, they took her into the bathroom. They made her shave off all of her pubic hair because it's not fair that he had to shave off his. Mm. You're the one that gave him crabs and blah, blah, blah. Um, then they locked her in a closet overnight. The next morning, they took her upstairs. They locked her in a different closet. On December 8th, so Sometime that day, they took her to McNeely's house. So McNeely is living with Powell, but the house is still there, mm. and I guess she still owns it. And the reason that they took her to the other house is they were concerned that the six children might get upset hearing her scream.
1: Yes, that is the worrisome part of this.
0: I I don't know whether to be like, well, at least they're concerned for their kids, or...
1: They probably figured the kids were rats.
0: Right. (laughs) Right.
1: Kids are going to hear the screaming. Somebody's going to call the po-po.
0: So um, they took her to McNeely's house. They tied her up on the bed with um, electrical flex, like wire, uh, in a spread eagle fashion and in the downstairs back room and just left her there. So over the next five days, lots of horrible, horrible things happened to Caber. Capper. Um, Every day it got worse. She was regularly beaten. They injected her with amphetamines. They burned her with cigarettes. They played very, very loud music close to her head just to disorient and and keep her awake and all of that.
1: It was probably polka or something. It was rave
0: music. Oh, Um, man.
1: It's like... Yeah. (laughs) So
0: in particular, they played one song, Hi, I'm Chucky, Wanna Play by 150 Volts. They would play it at maximum volume through headphones. So she had to listen to it all the time. And then every time they would come in to torture her, they would say, Chucky's coming to play before they did it. Ew. And so before long, that's all they had to say to completely terrorize her, not even touch uh. her, just walk in the room and say that and she would lose it. So at some point during the week, Pook came by, the brother, mm-hmm. and and also Lee who was, I believe, the one that was sleeping with, I don't even know anymore.
1: Pook makes me think of Pookie from the Garfield cartoons. Yeah, not,
0: not like that. Yeah, no. Um, but they came by the house, and instead of, like, trying to hide her, they were taken and shown Capper having been tied up, blindfolded, gagged. It had been days that she had been on this bed and never ever allowed to get up. So she was just lying in a pool of her own urine and feces. Yeah. Um, and so they decided she needed to be cleaned up because it was really starting to smell and mm. you know she might get sick. I don't know what their reasoning was. So they put her in a bath and they poured in a whole bunch of like bleach and other disinfectants. Yeah. And they got a brush, not like a wash yourself brush, but like a scrub brush uh-huh. and scrubbed her down, just tore her skin off scrubbing uh. her down. Then Pook, who I guess thought this was fun, decided he needed, and I'm going to just skim over this. There is so much detail. It'd be a whole lot of fun to have some a trophy from this experience, and the trophy he wanted were teeth. Oh. So basically using pliers to bang and pull and wiggle, and oh God, he took two of her teeth out. And broke a bunch of others because he didn't really know what he was doing. Um, and the whole time he just was laughing about it. He thought that was what amazing. The fuck? Yeah. So, David Hill, who was 18 and is not one of our characters, right? Mm-hmm. No, we haven't, we haven't talked, talked about him. David Hill. Okay. Mm-mm. This was the one that I was like, who the hell is this? <laughs> so he must have been a fam- uh, a friend of someone, most likely the 16-year-old boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was asked to come sit in on the house. So I keep an eye on her. I don't know. He wasn't shown her and he wasn't told about her. But at some point he heard Dudson shout, At her to shut up. And so he asked what was going on. And Lee was like, oh, well, here, I'll show you. (gasps) And took her in the back. He said she had cloth over her face from just above the eyebrows and covering her nose. She had dried blood on her lip. She had no hair. Hill also said he had heard them talking about dentistry work, something about pulling her teeth out with a pair of pliers. Then they all left. And it was just Hill, this new guy, and Capper. And she is, and, and everyone else left and they're alone in the house. And she's begging him, untie me, let me go. They've been torturing me for days. You have to oh. help me. And he said, he told her he, he couldn't. And he asked who she was. And she said, well, I'm Suzanne. And um, asked if I could just come over and untie her. And I said, I couldn't do anything. And later when he was saying all of this, he said he was just terrified of what would happen to him if he let her go. And uh, so he ended up walking out of the house and leaving. Um finally, after about a week total, so on the 14th of December, the the six people who had been repeatedly torturing Capper for a week decided it was it was time to get rid of them. Michelle Capper, the older sister, had told them her stepfather was going to report her little sister, Suzanne, as a missing person, and that was too risky. Yeah. So early in the morning of December 14th, they took her and shoved her in a trunk of a stolen car. They drove 15 miles to this little, like, middle-of-nowhere road on a hill. They took her out of the car. They took all of her clothes off. And they shoved her down a hill into like a bramble patch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they made her stand up and they poured uh, gasoline all over her. Oh, God. So Suzanne was feeling really wobbly. I mean, she'd been tortured and not taken care of for a yeah. very long time. Can't She's... imagine they
1: were feeding her nice meals. No,
0: no. I don't know. At all. If they were feeding her at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. But she was unable to stand for very long and she fell over so they screamed at her to get up they pushed her down the hill some more they poured more gasoline on her um they had a lot of trouble lighting the gasoline but they managed to light it um they what they ended up actually having to do was to take some paper and use the paper as like a a wick to get mm-hmm. the gasoline started um and he lit her on the back, and went, she went straight up in flames, they said. Oh, my God. The flames lit up the whole forest. They were singing. They were laughing. They were making jokes. And finally, they decided that she was dead, and they left.
1: Please tell me she was dead.
0: She was not dead. Oh, my God. Capper, after they left, managed to climb back up the embankment to the road. She walked for about a quarter of a mile before somebody at 6.10 in the morning, uh, Barry Sutcliffe, found her, uh, Barry Sutcliffe and two, two people he was riding to work with. And she was still coherent enough to tell him what had happened. And she said, I was over there in a field. They put gasoline all over me. They lit me on fire. So they took her to a house. They called for an ambulance. The house belonged to Michael and Margaret Coop." And Michael described her as both of her hands appeared like ash. Her legs were like raw meat. Her feet appeared badly charred. But she was so polite. She was constantly saying, thank you for helping me. And oh. just so um, Margaret Coop said she went over, just saw this burned, like completely unrecognizable little girl and tried to give her a hug. But, of course, she was burned. And, and, right. and so she hold away from that Um, she said that her face was almost featureless that she her head was shaved there were uh, new cuts and old cuts to her head that her hands were red raw and black at the fingertips and her legs were red from top to bottom and she couldn't bear to have anything near her legs she couldn't hold a glass of water so they fed her six glasses of water before the ambulance arrived Um, but Margaret was absolutely certain that she would pull, pull through. Like now she had help. She had managed to get through the worst part of it. They could take her to the hospital. They could help her. Didn't happen. So she was rushed to the hospital at the hospital. She talked for a little while and managed to give all six names of her attackers. Wow. Uh, not her own name though. And then she fell into a coma. They figured out who they thought she was, and so they called mom and stepfather, and they got there, and they weren't able to recognize her to make an identification. Oh. So they ended up, she had one partial thumbprint left on one of her thumbs, and that's how they ended up doing a positive identification on her. And then she passed away four days later without ever regaining consciousness. Oh, my God. So it was not hard to gather up the people who had done this because they didn't bother to keep it a secret. She had named all of them in her last moments. Um, So Bernadette McNeely was charged with murder, conspiracy to cause grievous bodily harm, false imprisonment. She was given life imprisonment. Um, She has since been released.
1: It's not life.
0: It was a minimum of 25 years.
1: (laughs) It's barely that. You said this was 94? Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't even it.
0: 92. (sighs) Barely. Yeah. So, um, Jean Powell, charged with uh, murder, conspiracy to cause grievous bodily harm, false imprisonment, also given life imprisonment, minimum of 25 years. She is still in prison. Good. Her spouse, Glenn Powell, who they are separated, but they were never divorced, um, was charged with murder, conspiracy to cause grievous bodily harm, false imprisonment. He was given life as well, and he is still in prison. Um, Jeff Lee was given, and he was the boyfriend of Powell. Yep. Was given uh, or charged with murder, conspiracy to cause... Pretty much all the same thing. Murder, conspiracy (laughs) to cause, grievous bodily harm, false imprisonment. He was given 12 years. Jesus He was only convicted on false imprisonment. Because he was uh, not actually there for the murder, I guess. Anthony Dudson, the 16-year-old, was... Charged with the same things, murder, blah, blah, blah. And detained indefinitely a minimum of 18 years. So he is still there. So no actual sentence. Apparently that's a thing. Hmm. Clifford Pook was charged with all of the same things, same three charges. He received 15 years in prison. He has since been released. So originally when they arrested all of them, they came to the house and they, they knew where to go so they they knew where she had been held; they knew who the people were she had named them, and so when they went out to get them, the order was basically given like "Go to this place, arrest everybody, so yeah, just get them all and they did, and it was just the six like they had all gone back to the house to hang out and celebrate their whatever God and damn. Apparently, they were laughing and joking, and it was no big deal. And then they got them into interview rooms, and at first, all of them denied anything. And then once they did start to talk, they all downplayed their own role. And Oh, yeah, but it was all these other people, and blah, blah, blah. So it was sort of an interesting case because it was essentially a girl gang. Even though there were men involved, the dominant personalities were the two women. right? Um, and And so that was very much like, you know... this is unusual like should we be concerned is this going to be a trend um and so there's been a lot of like movies and stories and things tv specials and that kind of thing about the case but interestingly at the time it didn't receive a ton of media coverage because there had been some other um more i guess newsworthy cases that Mm. were in the news at that point and it got a little bit downplayed in the media
1: wow yeah
0: so absolutely horrible
1: how, how is it that there wasn't a point that somebody was like, you know, maybe we shouldn't have a girl tied up in a bed a couple houses down?
0: Right. And repeatedly torture her. Right. I I feel like there were some seriously unhealthy circumstances and with, with the two women and the six kids. Right. Like, I am all for two women raising six kids. But that did not seem like what that was about. That right. was more about, like, some weirdness with this is the better way to run a business or right. whatever. And it became this, like, let's bully this one specific person and she's our target. And so it doesn't surprise me that they didn't have second thoughts. And it doesn't really surprise me that the boy that they shared didn't have second thoughts. I feel like he's almost as much a victim. Yeah. Um, Or even that the boyfriend, but it was like, the sort of tertiary people that came in and had no idea that this was going on and they were like, hey, you know that girl that always hangs out here? Like what we did to her, you want to play? And they did. Right. They just jumped right in like, well, yes, of course. And not even hesitantly. They laughed. They they decided on new things to do to her. They willingly participated in her murder. They took pieces of her body as a trophy. Like, that's
1: right. Well, not the, normal. The guy that, was it Hill?
0: Yeah, that came to the house. And- that came to the
1: house like, you know what? I get it. Being afraid to let her go when they know he's the only one there except for her. Like, I get that. But right. then you peace out and you call the cops. Something. Something. Because where oh were my the God. neighbors? This is the UK, right? Yeah. Where are the fucking neighbors? They I- don't have to, deta- like, was this a semi detached?
0: I don't they're, know.
1: They're we're sharing the walls. This woman's screaming for days on end. Yeah. Yeah. And the six kids aren't in that house because, of, I mean, six kids will drown out fucking anything. But
0: right, yeah, no. Wait, where
1: was... was the community? Where? Why didn't her parents notice she was missing? Why didn't her parents take her? Why is she living
0: this fucking? Mm. Well, and her parents did notice she was missing, and they considered after a week. After a week, they considered filing a missing person report, but discussed it with people. Before doing it. And that's what got her killed when she was killed. I don't think there was a lot of hope for her ever. No. But maybe if they had filed a missing persons report before talking to her friends about it, then then she would have been in terrible shape, but they could have rescued her. Because I don't think it was hard to figure out who did it. What kind of fucking parent lets their
1: kid go into, like, takes one of them and lets the other one go into foster care?
0: Yeah. I would love to know the situation there. I, I don't... I mean... Again, I don't know the circumstances,
1: none of my business. You got to do what you got to do to survive. But Jesus fucking Christ, everybody failed this girl. Every single person. Yeah.
0: Very, very much so. And I guess she didn't have other friends. She wasn't a regular school attendee. She didn't live with her parents. Like, she was very much in that. Somebody should have been calling her regularly situation. Well, And
1: if she were part of the the foster care system or whatever they have there, they they don't just let you go live with other people. Like, where was the follow up there? Why didn't they know where the hell she was and why weren't they looking into what her circumstances were?
0: There were a couple of years, though, between her brief stay in foster care. It sounds like she went back to her parents after foster care, after that situation was a little bit more resolved, but then just didn't live with them.
1: Which, again, we're, we're fucking parents. Uh, yeah, why why is this system keeping an eye on people that their kid ended up in foster care at some point? Isn't there some kind of like.
0: If it's anything like it is here, they'd all love to. But yeah, it'll never happen. No
1: resources. Yeah. But God damn, fucking every person she encountered failed her.
0: Yeah. Well, and. And like they pointed out in the trial, and it says several times in a couple of articles I read, like, the reasons they decided to turn on her and do this were super petty. Like, their response is completely disproportionate to right. maybe these things happened, which really they, they didn't, you know.
1: No, but even if they add, I mean, A, who gives a shit? You can take care of crabs. and get a new coat. Right. Um, but why was there
0: all the buy-in? yeah I don't know you
1: know because I'd like to think if I went to our group of girlfriends yeah it was like this person did me wrong I'm gonna go fuck her up that at least one of you would be like let's let's think about this for a minute yes. <laughs> <Talk know>? <laughs> so tell me what went on right can we not shave her head and pull her teeth out I think that would be a better way to go about this it's right.
0: right yeah
1: oh man I am I am way more angry than my impaired self is ready to be <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just wanted to spice up your weekend a little bit more. Oh, man. I thought you needed some more drama. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So super, super tragic. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Also terrifying. Can you imagine like people that you knew? And I, I went at this. I realized these people were not strangers to her. And yeah. then she falls into that. Acquaintance. Right. Right. You're much more likely to be murdered by somebody you know. But I went into it as more of a stranger thing because even though she was really involved with them it wasn't like her family I don't know
1: well but it falls in that very small area so 55% of female homicides are done by romantic partners or people associated with romantic partner doesn't seem like she was sleeping with any of these people no 16% are stranger so that's 55 65 71% yeah and then the rest are fairly well split between acquaintance and parent and frankly I'm gonna throw her parents on there Yeah, Her parents killed her as sure as the other people did. Yeah,
0: they definitely played a part in that. Um, So uh, it's terrifying, right? Like Mm -hmm. when I think about being murdered, which I think about a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Every day when I get off the bus and get in my car and I immediately lock the door behind me just so that somebody doesn't jump in and murder me. Mm -hmm. It is still, even though I know this is not the case, in my head it's always a stranger. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's always preceded by torture, because Mm -hmm. I think that's what I feel like would be the worst, is to be tortured, not sure if you're going to die or make it out, and then eventually you do die, like that. And that's what's in the media. It is. It is. You know,
1: those are the things that we expect. You know, we, I mean, I don't know about you, but my grandma was my daycare. My grandma watched a lot of soap operas. <laughs> so I have a pretty skewed idea about how everything goes down and how many secret twins there are and how many times people get married. But...
0: Um, Yeah. So that's always what's in my head. I, I think right. because that's what's in the shows. That's what's in the... Otherwise, it's not interesting, right? It's what's in the podcasts. That's the thing that is so right. rare that it fascinates people. So we talk about it and then it doesn't seem so rare.
1: Well, and it, I think, too, that there's a... There's an insulating distance, you know, where we're talking this month about things that are that are unlikely to happen to you. Mm-hmm. But it turns out there are things that that are really likely to happen to us. Um, and I think it makes us feel better when you hear about something that insane and and convoluted, and you look around at the people in your life, and you're like, you know, I know a couple of shitheads, but I don't think they do that to me.
0: Right. Right.
1: You know, whereas a stranger. You never know what they're up to. Right. You know, I just, it was in New York last week. You know, of course, that's me always here is like, oh, New York is full of, full of crime. And Philly, like when I was in Philadelphia a few weeks ago. Yeah. Remember my mom being like, Philly's a rough town. I loved Philadelphia. Everybody was so nice. Yeah. I've never had so many stranger conversations in my life. (laughs) Yeah. you know, but there's that perception, like, it's super dangerous. You're probably going to be uh, definitely mugged, if not just plain old raped and murdered.
0: Right, right.
1: And, you know, I probably shouldn't put this out into the ether, but out of all of the traveling I've done, almost all of it by myself, never been mugged. The yeah. people that have put their hands on me, I've known. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm pretty sure I had a point at some point, but
0: <laughs> it is all lost in the well, congestion. <laughs> I, I think it sounded like what you were going to say is <laughs> that, that you don't, you wouldn't suspect the people around you. Yep. You feel pretty safe with them. Mm-hmm. And I guess there are people for which that is not true. Mm-hmm. Well, I know there are people for which that is not true. And it's not
1: been true in my whole life. There have definitely been times when I've been around people and I'm like, I think these people would hurt me.
0: Right. Um, and so you feel safe on that aspect. So then the only other thing to be afraid of are strangers. Right. But it turns out. Really, yeah,
1: probably not. Not,
0: yeah. So, my stats are from 2017. Um, and I went a little bit of a different way at looking at them. I really wanted, I was on the FBI like crime stats website, and I really wanted for them to say torture murders Mm. are this percent, and that was not a thing, yeah. Um, so that's the text that was the text. (laughs) I started texting you, and I was like, but I can't tell her what it is, so let me just lamely with what I want to (laughs) know. Um, so of all violent crime in the U S only 1.4% has is murder. Wow. In 2017. Um, which is like nothing. There is yeah. there is a lot of violent crime, which mm-hmm. makes sense. There's a lot of violent crime around gangs and drugs. There's a lot mm-hmm. of violent crime within homes, sexual there's assault. a lot of sexual assaults. There's a lot I mean, so that makes sense, but very very little of it ends with somebody dying. Mm-hmm. In 2017, the estimated total number of murders for the year in the US was 17,284. Which is down significantly from 2016. Like we're still in that downward trend, oh, wow. which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, of those, only 1,469 were people killed by someone they didn't know.
1: Wow. So
0: not even 1,500 people in the whole United States in the whole year were killed by a stranger. Wow. So very, very, very tiny amount. Yeah. Um, The other way to look at it is there were 5.3 murders per 100,000 people in the year 2017. So uh, very unlikely, very unlikely a stranger is going to murder you. Um, There are, of course, things you can do to make it even more unlikely. But even if you don't, like it's just, it's not, it's not an overly prevalent threat. I was going to say it's not a real threat, but that's not true.
1: No, it's very statistically unlikely.
0: Right. So, um, I like that we had the same stat, <laughs> like, <laughs> we looked up the same thing. Woo-hoo. So I think that, uh, those are some cozy stats.
1: Yeah. We better. should feel okay
0: about that. I feel better. Yeah. So, although I also feel just terrible for all of the victims in all of our stories ever. Yeah.
1: yeah. We live in a fucked up world. We do. But it's somewhat less fucked up than you think it is.
0: Right. Well, it's... In some ways. I feel like there are enough crimes to keep true crime podcasts going as long as we want, but it's because there are so many people that you can find a handful of people who are absolutely batshit crazy and yep. do things like that. Yep. So...
1: Law of, What is it? Law of large numbers?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: There are enough of us now that people are going to do crazy, weird, statistically unlikely shit just because there's so much of us.
0: Right. So many of us. And we live in a time when information is instant Mm -hmm. and so we can know about all those things even if they happen really far from home or even if they happen, you know, in this very small place. And so it seems like they're real and all around us, but they're really, really not.
1: Yeah. Well, it's really hard to convince people that even though the numbers say there's very little crime.
0: I don't I think information is an interesting thing, right? If you don't have any, then you're not safe. Right. But when you have so much, then you have this perception of not safe right. that really makes it almost worse.
1: Right. And the fact of the matter is we're we're really safe. Yeah. You know, like I always tell Jeff From certain things. From certain things. But you know, my husband worries about us getting burgled. <laughs> <laughs> Any kind of burgled. Right. And I always tell them, like, what I'm mostly worried about is somebody's going to get into our house, find out we don't have good shit, and just smash everything, and then I've got a mess. Right. Like, I'm not worried they're going to hurt us. I don't care if they steal our shit. Right. Right. You know? But if they make a mess, I'm going to be real mad about it. Yeah. (laughs) The police
0: are not going to clean it up for me.
1: No! I am going to have a mess on my hands. And it's all... You know, it's all my grandma's breakable shit that sits in my china cabinet because it looks like a grandma lives in my house. It, it <laughs> does. I,
0: and I love the aesthetic, but I definitely, if I only knew about your house, mm-hmm. would picture you a hell of a lot older.
1: <laughs> I think people are surprised, especially once they know me and then they see the
0: house. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the other thing is it? It's it's weird because on the one hand, like I totally get how you like all of that. Mm-hmm. But no, I would have put you in a much more modern yeah. young house yep. <laughs> instead of, you have a lot of <laughs> hey
1: if it's made after World War II I don't want it right. <laughs> unless it's shaped like a hedgehog well yes true story although I, I might have some pre-World War II <laughs> hedgehogs in that house
0: I believe it So, Diana, do we have any sort of shout-outs or anything this week?
1: Well, so, fun fact, Erin, because you are going on a sweet-ass vacation.
0: I am going to be a wizard starting tomorrow for five full days. That is what it says on my calendar. It doesn't say Erin and Toby, or, or Mom and Toby are going to... Harry Potter world, or Mom and Toby are going on vacation. It just says Mom and Toby are wizards. <laughs> I may wear my wizarding robes to the airport tomorrow because I sure as hell am not wearing them in Florida no, where it is ninety degrees. So, um, so yes, yeah, so fun fact is that it has only been forty eight hours since our last recording. Right, so nobody,
1: <laughs> nobody has yet have had time no, to uh, post even any known. more reviews. <laughs> But I would like to tell you that Crime Crazy is sponsored by M. Gillum, Elizabeth Wilder, and Dave Hatt. Three of our favorite people. It's true. Show sponsors support Crime Crazy through Patreon at the $10 per month level or above. Thank you. Thank you so much. And always a special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support Crime Crazy, please check out our Patreon Go to patreon.com slash crimecrazypod or just search for Crime Crazy Podcast. All patrons get a monthly shout-out on the show. If you would like to receive a shout-out for something other than a Patreon donation, please rate and review us on your podcast catcher of choice. We give shout-outs for all reviews.
0: But we like the five-star ones the best. We do.
1: You can follow Crime Crazy on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash crimecrazypod. From there, catch up on the conversation in one of our two discussion groups. You can follow us on Twitter at crimecrazypod, on Instagram at crimecrazypod. Visit our website at crimecrazypodcast.com or email us at crimecrazypodcast at com. You should email us because we've been getting really boring shit in our email lately.
0: We have so much junk mail. How did we end up on all those lists? I don't know.
1: Ugh. You can follow us on Twitter. You're at Erin Pline. I'm at Diana underscore Seacon. And on Instagram, you're at E Plime. I'm at Diana underscore Seacon.
0: Every time she says that, probably from now until the end of time, she's going to get this ridiculous. Look at how proud I am of me. <laughs> Smile on her face.
1: It's true.
0: So, Diana, do you have any words of wisdom for us this week?
1: I do. You do. Keep an eye on those people you're hanging out with. Right. If they seem like shit's going to go down.
0: Then leave.
1: Call the domestic violence hotline at 1-800-799-7233.
0: And walk away.
1: And walk away. As soon as it is safe. Yes, please.
0: Call your people. Call your people. Especially if they might be in a situation where shit might go down.
1: Yes. And don't end up on next week's episode.
0: I got this first part totally, totally wrong, and now it makes so much more sense. <laughs> she was not babysitting for Jean Powell. She was babysitting for Jean Powell's children. Jean Powell is an adult.
1: Okay, that's what I thought to begin with. Okay. That she was babysitting
0: for her children. So. Wait,
1: wait, she was babysitting Jean, like. Jean
0: Powell's children.
1: Okay, right. But Jean Powell was younger than her?
0: No. Do we need to start this over? Yes. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay good. Alright. <laughs> I'm I'm not staring at you. I'm looking at your shirt. <laughs> checking out my llamas. Well, that's what I'm checking out.
1: Is it so is it a llama or is it not? That's what I'm looking at. I think it's a llama because it doesn't have the poof. Or is it llama that has the poof?
0: Well, so they're both no, I think animals, they, which doesn't help. No, they're not. Well, I think they can be. Um, it has an alpaca body. I think it's a llama, though.
1: Are you telling me that the shirt that I bought at Torrid for like 30 bucks is not anatomically correct?
0: Possibly. <laughs> well, because the ears are st- are the ears straight. They're very tiny, which is alpaca-like. Yeah, so that's not... That's alpaca.
1: But the body is llama?
0: I think it's supposed to be an alpaca. Its head is llama. Well, no. Its head is not very llama. I think they're alpacas. (laughs) I don't know. How much do they weigh? (laughs) That was not on the care instruction tag.
1: (laughs) So I'm going to say alpaca because alpaca is soft and knittable and llama is somewhat less so. Yes. Also, it's just cute as hell anyway. <laughs> it is. It is super cute. <laughs> I, I, I was going to wear it to work tomorrow because I think Chance will like it. And I wanted to see his face of delight. Right. But I don't think I'm going to work tomorrow. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> so out it is today. So, yeah, then I'm going to wear it for the knitters because they're going to appreciate it.
0: That is a, a pretty good crowd to wear a knitting animal. Knittable um, animal?
1: So I had a shirt. I might still have it in the depths of the closet somewhere. It was a cat knitting. It was kind of a creepy cat. It's like all color, like all, all rainbowy colors and mm-hmm. stuff. And I wore it to knitting. And I don't remember if it was Candace or Marie or maybe both. I think they were on the same page with this. Like, you can never wear that shirt again. I'm like, what's wrong with my knitting cat shirt? I had not noticed, but if you follow the line of the knitting, the cat is knitting itself.
0: Oh god. It was super creepy
1: at that point and I don't think I've ever worn it again.
0: You're like, it's a kitty cat and it's knitting. What? It's like all my favorite things. Oh wait. That's creepy and hilarious. It was awful. <laughs>